Hello, and welcome to the Ripple Podcast. My name is Chelsea Connors, certified coach, helping you bridge the gap between mental wellness and personal growth. Today, we're going to be talking all about using your voice, which I wholeheartedly believe is an absolutely essential skill if you are committed to living a life that feels genuine, authentic, fulfilling, so on and so forth, learning how to use your voice is a non-negotiable, period, point blank. Could end the podcast here, but I won't. Let's talk more about it. Um, So this is something that I view as being so fundamental in the quality of your life for a few different reasons. One is nobody can read your mind Nobody can know exactly what you're thinking or feeling, and it's nobody's job to do that, actually. This is where I see a lot of people um, fall <laughs> fall short, I guess, is in having unrealistic expectations in other people's ability or need to be able to read your mind and pick up on what it is that you're thinking or feeling or know like what your next move is going to be, so on and so forth. I think a lot of people make a lot of assumptions about other people in their world being able to do that. And it's not fair and it's not helpful. Same thing when it comes to all of my loving people pleasers out there, right? A lot of times when I see people not using their voice, it is because of a fear of judgment. It is because of not wanting to make somebody else feel a certain type of way or think a certain thing about you. And while that's all well and good, the reality is that you can't control any of those things. You can't control what other people feel or what they think. People are allowed to have their own uh, emotional experiences or expectations or ideas about who you are. It is not your responsibility to carry the weight of that. And when you put the pressure on yourself to hold those things, yeah, of course you don't speak up. Yeah, of course you're not honest about how you're actually feeling. Yeah, of course you don't feel like you can make the changes that you want to or um, become the person that you want to be that maybe looks different than who you are right now. But the reality is that without this skill set of being able to use your voice and speak up, you're not going to get to that level of authenticity or fulfillment in your life that you are really seeking because you're not really being your full true self. To be totally blunt and honest here, we are just starting out hot on this episode here today. Um, But this is something that I just feel so incredibly passionate about because I work with a lot, a lot of big feelers, empathetic people, people who can hold a lot of compassion. That's amazing and such a gift and something that I, I would categorize myself as, as those things. And you can be all of those, you can hold all of those qualities and attributes that I just described and still show up powerfully and use your voice in a way that is going to feel really, really good for you. Um, And when I say feel really good, that doesn't mean that it's always going to be comfortable or it's going to have 
always have the outcome that you want, but in a way that you can look back on and say, hey, I am proud of the way that I navigated that situation, or I am proud of the way that I showed up and shared my opinion or used my voice in that scenario. And then you can continue to move forward, right? So we're not shooting for perfection here. We're not shooting for external markers of validation. This topic of using your voice is actually a big internal like skill set to develop with yourself. Um, and again, uh, this is something that I didn't recognize so much as a strength of mine until probably the past year and a half or so. I have always been somebody who takes action. I have no qualms about changing my mind. I follow the things that feel interesting or right or good to me, but I didn't realize how much using my voice was an integral part of that process because every time I'm looking to do that, I have to communicate with other people, whether that looks like asking for help, whether that looks like setting boundaries and saying, this is not working for me or this is exactly <laughs> what I think I want at this point, whether that looks like standing up for myself and advocating when I feel like something isn't going well or I'm being treated unfairly, I have to be able to use my voice. And so I wanted to share a couple of stories and examples of what that can look like today. So you can start to think about what does it look like for you to use your voice? and how can you start to apply it in your life, given the fact that no one can do a lot of this stuff for you, right? Nobody can read your mind. Nobody can know exactly what you want all the time. Um, nobody can predict the way that you're going to change or evolve or how your dreams will come and go, how, whatever, all of these natural shifts and changes of being human will happen. This is your job to a degree, a high degree. This is your responsibility to strengthen this skill set of being able to tap into and use your voice. And as I dive into this too, another factor that I like to think about is this doesn't mean being the loudest person in the room. This doesn't mean always being the first in person to say something first. It it can look a lot of different ways. And I think that that's a big misconception that's out there when there are conversations about um, speaking up or using your voice is a lot of people draw to mind this picture of somebody who is really bold or incredibly outspoken, who may sometimes even come across as jarring or doesn't listen to other people because they're always speaking. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I am talking about is you getting really clear on when it is important for you to speak up and then having the ability to do so in your own way, in a way that feels genuine to you, but is still strong and powerful and getting across what you need it to, right? So when I was thinking about this, one of the first examples that I could remember was all the way back when I was in middle school, I had 
um, music teacher, chorus teacher that I adored. She was incredible. And at the time, music and chorus and singing was a big part of my life. It was a big interest. I loved performing. I loved music. I loved being a part of a group um, to bring something to life. You name it. I started taking singing lessons, I think, when I was like eight or nine. Um, and I took them consistently until about middle school. And then I continued on to be in the performing arts all the way through um, my freshman or sophomore year of college. So this was like a big, big part of my life. Anyway, jumping back to middle school, middle school, I don't know about you, but for me, like super tumultuous time, learning a lot about myself, trying a lot of new things. Um, for where I grew up, there were six, I believe, elementary schools that merged into one middle school. So I went from having a super small number of people my age, my grade, to a lot bigger number of people my age and my grade. So I was introduced to a lot of people, um, a lot of new people. Anyway, I was in chorus and I had tried out for one of the solos for that week's, not that week's, for that um, season's oh my gosh, I can't even remember the word. Recital is not the word. Like performance, like winter performance or spring concert. There we go. Concert. There we go. Um, and somebody else uh, that I was friends with had also tried out for the solo. And I ended up getting the solo and my friend got like a second solo or something like a, a different one than what she had ideally wanted. Um, and she came to me and she said, you know what, Charles, um, I'm happy for you that you got this solo, but I think it's really only because, um, your chorus teacher favorites you. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, that might be true. Um, you know, I know that you are a soprano. I'm an alto. Traditionally, this would have been more for a soprano. I get that. Yeah, that could be true. I do have a really close relationship with the chorus teacher. And so I took what she said with a grain of salt. I, in general, do not consider myself a competitive person, like really at all. Um, that was part of why I ended up leaving performing arts in general was just because the competitive nature of it just doesn't jive with my personality or with what matters to me. Um, so when she said this, I was just like, huh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like I could see how that could be true to some degree. And I sat with this for, I don't know, maybe a week or so. Didn't really think all that much about it. Um, but then eventually went to my chorus teacher and I was like, hey, you know, my friend said that you chose me for this solo because of our relationship. And I just like if she really deserves it, if she's a better fit, like just give it to her. I want her to have it then. Um, and I think I was like 13 at the time. And I remember being in my chorus teacher's office and she turned around. And she looked at me almost like without blinking with such strong 
precision in her eyes. And she said, Chelsea, that is absolutely not true. I never want you to let somebody overpower you and make you feel small ever again. You need to understand your own strength and your own value. You will not let somebody else speak for you. And I was like, whoa, I have, I was not expecting that response or reaction. And to this day, like I can picture her standing right in front of me. I can picture the smell. I can smell the smell of her office. Um, I remember she placed her hands on my shoulder in like a very grounding, nurturing way and just looked me straight in the eyeballs and said those words. And I was so taken aback because again, I just innately from, I can, from whenever I can remember, remember being a very empathetic person. I tend to live in the gray. Like I can see a lot of different perspectives at the same time. So when somebody says like my friend did to me of like, you know, like congrats, but I think you only got that because your course teacher favorites you. I was like, oh, maybe that's true. And maybe somebody else deserves to have this. And so it was so interesting to me to have that said back to me at such a young age. Um, and I don't think it really resonated or a hundred percent clicked in that moment, but there was a lot that ended up unraveling with that quote unquote friend throughout the next six months or so, where it was very, very clear, um, that she wasn't actually a great friend to me. And there were a lot of issues that we went through where there was like a power dynamic where it constantly felt like I there was a one-sided competition because I wasn't super competitive, um, but that I wasn't treated really well in that friendship. And we ended up not being friends soon after um, the next several months and whatever. That's all history, <laughs> water under the bridge at this point. But it was the first moment where somebody really called me out on not letting my ability to consider different perspectives, have a lot of empathy, hold compassion, undermine what I know to be true about myself or my capabilities or my strengths or what I um, can do for myself and in my life. And I'm so grateful that my chorus teacher did that, even if it took me years to really like connect it because it opened a doorway for me where, I, yeah, I, I recognized my worth or my value and how other people's opinions or perspectives could impact mine if I wasn't conscious of it. And so this became a powerful aspect of me being able to use my voice, right? Fast forward to some more recent moments or recent conversations where earlier this year, I was going through a lot and I was really struggling and not super happy with different aspects of my life, one of which being where we live at the current moment and another of which being just kind of like some of the weekly routines or norms that had developed, I think partly because of where we live, but also because of like the different demands that 
both John and I, my husband have in on ourselves as individuals right now and in our life overall. And in the fall, I went to Austin for a, the graduation from the breathwork teacher training that I had taken and through practicing breathwork intensely and in depth for a full weekend, I came away from that weekend with a whole lot of clarity around like this shit is not working and it needs to change sooner rather than later. And I need to share that now. And so I remember asking John if he could prioritize some time for us to connect because I wanted to share this with him before the moment passed. I didn't want to wait like until I got home a couple of days later. I wanted to be able to share with him the rawness of what I was feeling and what I was thinking in that moment. And then we we didn't have to do like make the decisions or anything right then and there. But I wanted to be able to share it and express it then. And then we could talk about it once we were back together, so on and so forth. And so we had kind of this like come to Jesus moment in a sense where I really had to be clear about what was unacceptable to me and what I was unwilling to do at this point in different aspects of our life and what I are, could articulate around what I really needed for myself and our relationship and future and like different aspects of our life. And I was really, really clear about those things in that moment. And on the one hand, it felt so incredibly freeing because this is something that I um, probably knew before I went away for this weekend, but I didn't quite know how to articulate it just yet. Um, and it was also really scary because while some things were more obvious, others were more complex and we're going to incorporate other people in our life. And so whenever there's other people involved, right, it's not always that simple. We don't always know how they're going to react or respond or what they will or won't be on board for. But I recognize that it was my responsibility in that moment to show up and say the, say the thing and do the thing anyway. And so that was my responsibility and how I was able to use my voice in that moment. And since that moment, we've made a ton of changes. Life is feeling a lot better than it was. And we're on a trajectory and a path that we feel more aligned about, right? But without that time to, to step away, implementing the practices. So in that example, like breathwork was a great example, was a really like a expansive practice for me. Um, and just getting out of the normal day-to-day -day was really helpful as well. Without that, right, how much longer might I have waited or um, said the same things, but without the clarity and the drive and the commitment behind it? I share these examples because it's so important to recognize the holistic nature of who you are and recognize that 
you don't have to cut out pieces of yourself in order to use your voice. It is okay to do this in your own way. It is okay to do this at your own pace. It is not okay to not say anything over and over and over again, and then wonder why things look the way that they do, or feel like you are just floating through your life rather than being an active participant. And I say this with so much love because again, I understand the complexity of it. I understand that people will not always get it. People will not always be on board with what you're communicating to them or what you're using your voice about, right? So in that first example, ultimately that ended up ending a friendship, but it was a friendship that wasn't a great fit for me and didn't support who I was becoming, who I wanted to be, my strengths, so on and so forth. In the latter part, it led to a lot of productive change, right? When I was able to have that come to Jesus conversation, even though it was intense and it was hard and it was scary and it was uncertain. The ability to ask for what you want is an essential skill set for you to develop in your own way. It is how you can protect what it is that you're prioritizing. It is how you can really advocate for what you value, the life that you want, and what you are willing and unwilling to do with your time, energy, resources here on this earth, right? And the fact of the matter is that you're going to have to inform other people when you're changing, when something around you is changing, right? Maybe one one year something feels good for you and the next year that absolutely does not work for you anymore. Well, it might be helpful for the people around you to know that that's changed for you so that they can, again, choose to get on board or sometimes choose not to, right? And then- that's life, right? Then you get to take the next best steps forward. But again, you're doing that from a place where you recognize you can be proud of the way that you showed up, that you shared, that you spoke up for yourself, for your life, for what matters to you, for things around you, whatever it might be. And then you get to let it go and you get to move forward. No one can do this aspect of life for you. I don't know how to say that um, in a like softer way because the truth is that, yeah, just learning how to speak even when your voice shakes, learning how to um, communicate even when the words don't feel all that clear just yet it's still important that you say something or that you do something or that you share all of who you are, right? I just thought of another example of this, of how I learned how to do this. Uh, I'll just share really quickly um, because this might be a good starting point for you. And it's something I definitely use with clients still to this day. Um, But when I was younger, sometimes I would be going through I say when I was younger, I still do this. Um, Sometimes when I'm going through something difficult and it feels really hard or challenging to initiate or start a conversation around it, I will write a letter. I will write a letter about 
what I am experiencing, what I'm thinking, what I need, what I need to talk to somebody about, and I will give it to them ahead of having an actual conversation. I used to do this with my mom <laughs> when I was younger. I would write a little letter and I would put it on her pillow and then hope that she would bring up the conversation after she had a chance to read my letter. And it was a way that I could get thoughts out without having the pressure of having to look at somebody's reactions right as they were having them or have answers for their questions like immediately. Or if I felt like my thoughts were jumbled, writing it out was helpful to organize that a little bit more or hear myself more clearly first. And so that is another avenue. If using your voice feels really hard, maybe it would be helpful to start with writing things out. And you can do it like I just did, gave an example where you actually physically give your writing or your letter to another person, or you can do it just to help with the organization and articulation factor of things for yourself before having an external conversation. There's a lot of different ways that you can learn to strengthen this muscle of using your voice. And so if you are somebody who struggles with this or who feels like it is incredibly hard to be honest, I want you to start looking for ways in which you can practice this in smaller moments in your life sooner rather than later right? It might be uh, maybe the next time you order something and the order comes out incorrectly, rather than just sucking it up, what would it be like to actually say something and acknowledge that it wasn't exactly what you ordered and you needed something different? Again, I'm not saying that always has to happen, um, but maybe that's a stretching moment for you where you can do that just to practice using your voice more right? Maybe the next time that you get invited to something that you really don't actually want to fucking go to, you practice what it is like to say no to said thing and be honest about that, right? Maybe you've had this ongoing feeling that you are not being fairly com compensated at your job, right? Maybe using your voice looks like initiating a conversation around how you're feeling and how it's impacting your ability to live and work, right? That might be a bigger one. But these are some examples of how you can start strengthening this muscle, applying this skill set, and allowing your capability to use your voice to allow you to feel more powerful and more like an active participant in your life so that you don't wake up five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, wondering how you got where you are and why you didn't do anything about it along the way. That is something that I think about all the freaking time <laughs> because it is something that I am unwilling to experience in my own personal life. So maybe you share that. Maybe you feel that way too. Maybe you're ready to level up your ability to be more of an active participant in your own life. All right. So today felt like a pretty epic episode. Hopefully you followed that. Um, I hope that there were some helpful 
tidbits in here for you to take and implement into your own life. And remember, it can start as small or as big as you need it to. That is the whole point of the ripple is being able to recognize that the small steps compound over time, right? If you are looking to up-level in your life, get more clued into yourself, take action in a different way, have more tangible tips, get called out lovingly a little bit more often. Uh, make sure you're on my email list. You can sign up for Wake Up Wednesday, which is my weekly email notes where I talk about random topics related to mental wealth. Well, <laughs> I'm just combining words, mental wellness and personal growth um, that will help you have more engagement in your life and understand yourself better. The link is in the details in the show notes. So make sure that you sign up for the Wake Up Wednesday notes if you want more of this in your inbox. And I will see you next time. Here's to the small steps that have a big ripple. Take care.